What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Outside the Arena, first episode of 2024. I'm Griffin Senek, alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein. Um, and we're back. Sorry for the little break. Uh, we kind of took the holidays off, so missed a few weeks, but we're happy to be back and uh, going to be hitting you with some weekly episodes once again. And we got a lot to talk about. College football, NFL, both at the uh, the forefront and, uh, you know, really the end of their seasons, especially for college football. We've got uh, we're filming this on Friday. This will probably come out on Saturday. So the national championship going to be two days away from when you're seeing this between Michigan and Washington, both teams. I believe it's 13 and 0 at this point. Pretty incredible seasons for both those programs. And we're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on the NFL. Still some some uh, playoff spots to be decided, some divisions to be decided. Uh, a lot to talk about there. But we are going to start off with college football today. We're going to recap the games from this past weekend, starting with Michigan-Alabama. I mean, both these games in general were incredible. Obviously, Michigan-Alabama going to overtime and the Wolverines coming through. They win 27-20. to Felt like they really were dominating most of this game. I know Alabama kind of had a stronger second half, but Michigan in the trenches that first half really dominant. And just, you know, performance-wise, especially at that quarterback position, felt like Michigan had the edge. Devin, your thoughts on this one? Obviously, I think a lot of people kind of felt like Alabama was the better team coming in, but obviously the Wolverines able to pull off the big win. Yeah, I mean, these are two these were two really, really evenly matched teams. Like you said, the first half we kind of saw Michigan really dominate Alabama, and then Alabama fought back with a pretty similarly dominant half. I would say Michigan was probably maybe a little bit more dominant in their first half than Bama was in the second. But either way, both, you know, both teams really control the half. Um, Michigan obviously able to have that really, really clutch drive. Um you know, to score and then not give up points on the other end, which is really impressive. Um, Not even, you know, give up a field goal attempt there. Um, And then, you know, in overtime, you know, I, people are really harping on the play call. And maybe it's because I see my Eagles do this 12 times a week. <laughs> but I just don't think that was necessarily the worst call in that situation i um would i have done it do i you know i do understand the the pushback it gets it's getting i guess but like i don't actually think it's like some god-awful call like it, it would be one thing if like you know you know in madden when they like suggest like four verticals on the goal yeah. line something like that like you know, it's not like that. Like they had guys running routes that don't make sense on that, you know, side tight area of the field. Like, it, you know, that's a play that could work. I just don't think it was necessarily the like most innovative play call. But besides that, I, you know, I think Michigan just kind of outlasted them a little bit. Like they had a second gear and, you know, had built a lead and then obviously gave it up. And then, you know, they just looked a lot better for, you know, offensively. Uh, especially, you know, they were really, really hard to stop. Um, I'm kind of forgetting their overtime drive a little bit. What what happened? It was pretty quick. I mean, Quorum scored, I think it was like a 17-yard touchdown. So it was kind of, they had, I think it might have been even like two plays, two, three plays. Okay. So that's, I guess, what I'm kind of forgetting it. So they scored pretty easily there and pretty easily on the last drive um, of the of regulation. So I guess that that's kind of what I look at. Um, it's the big decider here. Um yeah, what what are your thoughts on this, man? Like, yeah, I mean, it was a great game. Um, you know, 
Michigan's special teams in this one were awful. I mean, they had a missed field goal. They had a botched extra point. They had, what, two muffed punts. I mean, they recovered one of them, luckily. But, like, they, like, I think offensively, defensively, they pretty – I mean, Alabama in the second half, give them credit. They played really well defensively. Offensively, it just never felt like they hit their rhythm. Um, But Michigan special teams, I mean, they literally almost costed them the entire game. The fact that they – won the game with all those mistakes is pretty crazy honestly it just shows kind of how much Alabama really struggled but yeah like you said like Michigan we've seen how good this defense is all year they showed up they played a hell of a game put a lot of pressure on Milrow in that first half um and you know we're able to make the stop I agree the last play call you know I think another problem that people really don't look at is you know this how bad the snap was I mean I think I was watching some kind of analysis on it and it seems like it was kind of like a RPO type thing where the, or there was like a read, you know, where the running back's moving out and he was should have made a pitch. But like the snap was so low to the ground that he, he just had to focus on catching it. And at that point, it was basically his only option to run. So, um, you know, I think it was unfortunate. I think the center in that game, I mean, he had, what, three bad snaps at least. I mean, that's unacceptable. Um, I'm sure his heart was pounding on that last play, especially after all the timeouts. He's yeah. like, oh, my God, I cannot mess this up and then snapped it to the ground. But. Um, yeah, Michigan just outlasted them. I like what you said. And, you know, JJ McCarthy, you know, you look at the stats, 221 passing yards, three touchdowns, but you watch the game. It felt like, you know, he played good, but it didn't feel like he was really like superstar level in that game, but the stats kind of show otherwise. But, um, you know, I think JJ's kind of going to have to, we'll talk about the finals in a second here, but I think JJ's going to have to play a bit better than he did against Alabama for them to win the national championship. Um, but man, Blake Corum, I mean, and Roman Wilson, those Two guys, I mean, it feels like every time Roman Wilson touches the ball, it's like a 30-yard catch or a touchdown, like especially in the Ohio State games. Like I swear to God, every time he touches the ball, it's a touchdown. But, um, yeah, you know, he's a stud. Blake Corum, obviously, you know, I think he set, what, the single-season touchdown record for Michigan? And um, the career touchdown record. And the career touchdown record, yeah. So, I mean, he's just a, a superstar, and it'll be exciting to watch him in the NFL. But, you know, he's the engine of this offense. He played great, so – as Blake Corum goes, this Michigan offense goes. Um, Colston Loveland, two catches for 13 yards only, which is kind of surprising. Just seeing how well he did against Ohio State. I'm rambling at this point. You got any other thoughts on this one or you want to jump to Texas, Washington? Um, Yeah, just quickly, like the Milrow, everyone kind of hates Milrow like a lot. <laughs> like, I don't think he's like, like he's maybe like, yeah, he's not as good as the last two or three quarterbacks Bama's had, but um. He's he's still really talented, especially as a runner. Like he still has a big arm. He's I think this was his first year starting. Obviously, I think he has two more years of eligibility. Like I would not be surprised at all if if in two years we're saying you know oh this guy's the next Bo Nix or the next Michael Penix you know junior who really figured it out. Um, after a year or two of starting, like I, I still see the potential with this guy. I I just you know I guess most people people are joking and it is Alabama. So there's a very high standard. Um, but like, I don't think like everyone's like, Oh, Bill O'Brien was right. Like, no, like this dude's a college quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, that those are my only thoughts on that. Um, moving on to Texas, uh, Washington, another really good game that Washington was like, you know, here, here you go, Texas, you got it. <laughs> um, 
that's that's my only analysis of the last couple of minutes of the game. I mean, first of all, like it's very unfortunate that the player got injured, but they, you know, basically would have had one play or something like that yeah. if the player didn't get injured. Um, and then the fair catch interference, and then it, it just it got so close. You know, I mean, even to just you know when I saw that ball go out to Adonai Mitchell, I was like, oh, is this? thing like um that's yeah i mean that was almost one of the craziest endings to a game i can imagine um besides that um we'll get into this more when we talk about the finals but washington is so good um i just get a lot of 2019 lsu vibes like i don't think phoenix is quite the prospect or even really college player that burrow was just because burrow is one of the most best prospects in college players I've ever seen. But, um, you know, you have an elite receiver or two or three, you know, um, Polk and McMillan as the second and third options, like very reminiscent to me of Jefferson and Terrace Marshall being, you know, second and third options on that team. And then obviously you have the star, like physical, you know, true number one receiver in, in the chase or Odunze. Um, and then, like, the running game's really good. This offensive line can pass protect all day. The defense ain't very good, but, <laughs> you know, it's also, you know, like, they gave up a lot of points to Texas, you know, one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. So, you know, before I go on for too long, I, you know, I just – I do think this Washington team – is being underrated a little bit um, in terms of the odds and the just people talking like everyone's like, Oh, like Michigan should win this game. I don't, I don't see, I don't see why Washington's not favored by a point or two here. Um, right now it's about four and a half to Michigan. Um, I, I, I just think Washington is, you know, probably slight favorites in in my mind, their offense is just really dominant. Um, but what, what did you make of this game Griff? Yeah, I mean, first of all, this is a super fun game. I mean, I think this Washington offense, like you said, it's one of the most fun offenses you can watch. We've watched at the college level. You Like you said, 2019 LSU comes to mind when you think of that. Maybe some of those, you know, Ohio State teams with all those loaded receivers that kind of just aired it out, or the, you know, Alabama teams with all those loaded receivers, the Jerry Judy wide receiver room, Henry Ruggs, that group. Um, you know, it, it's just an unstoppable offense, and, Michael Penix, I mean, this guy might have played one of the best quarterback games or best games from a quarterback that I've ever seen at any level, the collegiate or the NFL. I mean, it felt like every throw was perfectly placed. You know, this guy's just a master with the deep ball. And obviously, I mean, they've got he's got some of the best receivers in the country, Odunze, Polk. And then, you know, the broadcast made a big point of it. Jalen McMillan, this is a guy who came back and not played the whole season. And, you know, he's been a really nice piece for them as that third, third option there. Obviously. You know, Jack Wester with the tight end also making an impact and uh, all doing so, you know, they're running back Dylan Johnson, like you said, went down at the end, banged up, you know, was fighting for yards, had two touchdowns, but not very efficient on the ground due to that injury. Um, but just this offense, this pass attack just feels unstoppable. And um, like you said, I agree. I think, you know, they're being slept on a little bit here. I understand, you know, some of the performances at the end of the regular season were definitely concerning. Um, but I mean, look at the way they're playing right now. How can you doubt them? Um, yeah, I mean, the end of this game, I just want to touch on real quick. I mean, what the fuck? Like, this was bonkers. I mean, obviously, the guy was 
seriously hurt, but like, I don't know what the rule is, but like, I think two of the linemen just, you just got to pick them up and like run them off the field because like, thank you. I like, you cannot, like, they have no timeouts. You're just going to sit there. Like, I understand the guy probably can't move, but like, if you're the teammates, like, you got to be like, holy shit, like, we're about to punt this ball right back with 50 seconds. That's like 35 more seconds than they were going to have, 40 more seconds. Like, they, I do not understand what was going on there. Running into the, return man like a like the guy clearly called a fair catch i understand you try to scare him and and like these you know special teamers are taught to try to get up in the face but like dude like when you call a fair catch in that case just let the motherfucker catch the ball like like you don't need to try to i don't know and then obviously you know ewers you know had the two big passes then they're at the 12 and you know steve sarkeesian as much credit as he gets for being an offensive guru I mean, an awful play calling in those last four plays. I mean, you have, you know, first play, obviously there was some pressure, but then it just was not, you know, I, I didn't really understand the play calls in that scenario. Obviously the last play, I saw people saying that there's like PI on that play, which I just don't see at all. I thought that was a clean play. I mean, like, I don't understand that. Um, I think that's just kind of Texas fans reaching for something, but Crazy. I mean, I think that would have been the worst sell in college football history. Would have had to be, um, unless something like that happened in the national championship game. But I feel like I would remember if it did. Um, crazy. I mean, Washington. It's crazy to say they were lucky to survive um, when they were winning the entire game. But holy cow! I mean, what a uh, what a nightmare that would have been, especially after the way Penix played. I mean, coming if Penix played that well and came out with a loss i mean that would that would almost be just sad it would just i'd be disappointed honestly i i think i mean i'm not a big michigan guy but michigan guy at all i don't know why i'm trying to you know hide that but um yeah i mean i i I think washington's just a fun team and you know everyone can get behind and they're just really fun to watch so that's my analysis is that um you know i'll flip it right back to you though national championship michigan washington you talked about it you know, you think Washington's being slept on a little bit. Do you think they're going to get it, the job done, or do you think Michigan, that defense, going to be too much and, you know, Blake Corum going to just feast on this, you know, Washington defense that, like you said, isn't necessarily, you know, the most star-studded unit at all? I like the way you asked that question because the main thing I've been thinking about is, is this Michigan defense so good that they're just going to stop, um, you know, stop Washington and, Obviously, it's it's less black and white than that. You know, obviously, you could give up, you know, uh, quite a few points and then be really clutch at the end of the game or whatever. And that could still be a good defensive performance against a team like Washington. But I ultimately don't know what this Michigan defense is really going to look like. To be honest, I don't think they really faced an elite offense in the Big Ten. I, I you know, I know they there was Marvin Harrison, but. You know, now a Syracuse guy, Kyle McCord, I, you know, I don't think he's he's like quite like a Penix, at least not not right now. It wasn't this year. Um, You know, I just don't think Michigan's seen an offense quite this good, which isn't like I'm not trying to bash their schedule, which we definitely could do. But, um, you know, especially they're out of conference schedule. But <laughs> next year it gets hard. I'll give next year it does get hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they just haven't faced an offense that 
is as good as Washington. And I don't know if anyone has besides the teams that have played Washington because Washington has just, you know, what looks, you know, what could have been the Heisman winner. Um, very easily a great set of weapons. I, I don't know the status of Dylan Johnson. I'm assuming that that injury did look pretty bad. I wouldn't guess. He's I think play. I saw a report that he's going to play or try to tough it out, love which that. is kind of like, I get it. Like it's, it's yeah. the natty. It's the natty. I love it. Um, And then, yeah, I've, we talked about it with Washington. I just, I, I, I think Washington probably scores in the 35 to 42 point range. Wow. And Michigan's probably going to keep it close. I don't know. You know, like you said, Quorum probably has a huge day. I do think their best chance is making this one of those games where each team gets the ball like seven times or eight times as opposed to like 12. Um, And, you know, maybe they score on, you know, four, four or five of those and three or four are touchdowns. So they get to like 27, 30 points and Washington gets held to around 24. But that to me seems unless, you know, there's some turnovers or, you know, so that you know Washington forgets how to catch punts like Michigan did like I I just I think the most likely scenario is that Washington comes out probably gets up you know puts up 21 or so points in the first half Michigan kind of has to go away from it and even if they're somewhat successful it's just going to be a bit too late that's just what I kind of see happening so I'm going to say yeah, I'll say like Washington 42 35 something like that like a high scoring game similar to the texas one uh what um, about you um i don't so I, I was distracted i was just looking up the washington schedule i didn't realize they played texas last year in the alamo bowl that's pretty yeah. cool um yeah. yeah so um oh i'm kind of mad you picked washington because now i think we're gonna jinx this right um, i'm gonna go washington as well i'm i'm all in on this offense like you said i you know, you look at that Ohio State-Michigan game. I think that's, you know, the – I think the Ohio State offense was – with McCord was even better than the the Alabama offense this year. I really think okay. the Alabama offense this year wasn't that anything special. They didn't have the receivers they used to have. You know, they had some – you know, the running back was pretty good. But Milrow himself, like, he's probably better than McCord. But, like, at times he was really, like – in the big game, it felt like maybe, you know, roughly similar. Whereas I think McCord was more like you knew what you were going to get. Yeah. Um, you know, in that game, you look at the total yards, Ohio State, 378, 271 passing yards. Like, in offense with Kyle McCord, they did have the two interceptions, but, you know, this Ohio State offense put up 24 points. I think this Washington offense, like you said, is better than this Ohio State offense. I think Michael Penix is better than Kyle McCord. I think you look at the Washington weapons, they're just as good, arguably, as Ohio State. I mean... I think Odunze is probably a bit worse than Marvin Harrison, but Polk and McMillan, I mean, you know, the other options for Ohio State, Igbuka and Fleming, I know Igbuka is a pretty good year. He kind of had it down here. Um, Fleming just transferred to Penn State. I mean, those are solid guys, but so are the, the Washington guys. Like, I think, you know, Washington's kind of got the weapons Ohio State does, but with a much better quarterback. Um, so I think, you know, you look at that, I think, you know, Alabama managed to – strangle 20 points in a disgusting offensive performance like I think this Michigan defense is good and I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on Penix but like we saw last game against Texas like look at how Michael Penix deals with pressure he just senses it immediately gets the ball out super quick and uh you know I think compared to a Jalen Milrow who's more a scrambler type quarterback Penix is you know more in that pocket more comfortable there than a guy like Milrow so I don't think we're going to see as much panic from a guy like Penix in those situations 
which I think plays into Washington's favor. And I just think, like you said, I think Michigan's path to victory is running the football. Blake Corham's the best player on your team. Uh, you know, he's probably the third best player in this game to Odunze and Penix, I would say. Um, you know, you got to get him the football and control the time of possession. You know, if Washington wins time of possession, I don't think Michigan is going to win this football game at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think Michigan has to dominate time of possession, dominate the line of scrimmage, which they're more than capable of doing. So I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it'll be as high scoring as you think. I think Washington probably, you know, I think the key for them is getting to 30, 32 points, roughly like that. Because this Michigan offense at the end of the day, you know, it's a pretty solid unit, but, um, you know, it's not the most dangerous. Like this Texas offense is better than this Michigan offense, in my opinion. So I think uh, Washington can hold this Michigan offense to, you know, 25, 30 points. And I think, you know, that ultimately will be enough. So I'm going to pick the Washington Huskies to win the national championship. Um, but I think it's going to be a good game. I see a path to big victory for both these teams. And, um, you know, what a game it's going to be. And Michael Penix, man, he is the X factor. I mean, if he plays as good as he did against Texas, I just don't see how any team in the country can beat him. So Washington Huskies is the official pick, I guess, of outside the arena, which is kind of scary. So congrats to the Michigan Wolverines <laughs> on their first uh, natty since I mean, it's been, I think someone said 1948. I don't know if that's correct, but. No way. Um, I'm going to look it up now. Michigan Wolverines football, national championships. Uh, I'm a little confused on that. There's claimed national titles and unclaimed national titles. Right. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> 1997, it says they they a split national championship. What the hell? Um, I think it's 1948. Yeah. Interesting. I have no idea. This is kind of confusing. Well, they've never won the college football playoffs. So yeah. for either of these teams, it'll be the first, but um, yeah, that's what I got. All right. Moving on to NFL first game, probably coming out the day. Sorry, probably happening the day this comes out. Um, Steelers, Ravens, we probably have the Ravens. The Ravens are resting Lamar, I know that. Um, I don't know about, like, the other star players. I guess that they probably mostly don't play. Um, yeah, it looks like, sorry, six of them have been ruled out. It says Lamar, OBJ, Kevin Zeitler, Marlon Humphrey. Um, looks like those are kind of the guy. It looks like really just Lamar and Odell are the rest, though. Like, the okay. guys who are resting. Right. Um, Jay Flowers is doubtful, though. So I don't know. Okay. Sorry. No, no, no worries. Um, yeah. So other than that, we have the Steelers obviously playing for their playoff lives here. Mason Rudolph doesn't suck somehow. Um, that's a pretty interesting bonkers storyline. So I mean, I don't know. He might. He might completely go off a, a wall here against his Ravens defense, even if there's a lot of backups in. Um. By the way, Mike McDonald, I think that's his name. Yeah, Mike McDonald, the DC. I that guy better be a head coach this time next year. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like, I don't know. This feels like we get this two times a year, and it's always the same game. It's always like sixteen thirteen with three turnovers each, and like. <laughs> The Ravens can be the best team in the league, but the Steelers will make their uh, offense look miserable for you know some somehow. But then the Steelers' offense won't do anything either. So, 
I just think the Steelers, with their playoff lives on the line, the Ravens don't have much to play for besides the rivalry and pride. And I don't know how much they're who, you know, they're going to keep in. Like, you know, some of the starters that aren't out, um, you know, I, I just wonder how long they actually stay in the game, if at all. So I'm going to go with the Steelers here. Uh, what about you? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think, you know, that defense is so good based on that list there. It really seems like most of those defensive guys will be in there, which I think will be enough. I just am not a big believer in the Steelers' offense, although they've played pretty well the last two weeks, albeit, you know, they've played Bengals and Seahawks, who, you know, I wouldn't consider either of those teams to be too stout defensively. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, they're going to be an interesting team to look at in the offseason. Obviously, you know, them moving on from Kenny Pickett at this point, you know, signals that they're going to be looking for a new quarterback this offseason, which I think is good. I mean, I think, you know, we've talked about it throughout the season. Like, this is a team that, you know, it's clear that Kenny Pickett, you know, he's serviceable, but this is not a franchise-level quarterback, a guy that's going to go win you a Super Bowl. So I think them realizing that, you know, the pick at the time was a little kind of confusing because I feel like, I don't know. It just never felt like this guy was going to be uh, something that special in the NFL. But I get you take your chance, and um, at least they've realized that. And, you know, it's a strong quarterback class this year, so maybe they can land one of these, you know, it seems like kind of top four that have kind of panned out. Obviously, you know, I don't think Williams or May, but or even Jaden Daniels. It'll be interesting to see where Penix goes, but probably before their pick. But um, regardless, I'm going to pick the Ravens. you got the pro bowler out there in Tyler Huntley. So, uh, you know. It's more Pro Bowl views than the – I guess Mitch Trubisky's probably made a Pro Bowl in his day. So it evens out one a, one apiece. But Ravens got the one starting this week. So I'll go with uh, with the Ravens. I don't know. Why not? I just feel like they'll dominate this game. I just think that defense is too good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, we got uh, Texans visiting the Colts. I don't know the exact scenario. I think it's just whoever wins is in – and they win yep. the division if the Jags lose as well. Um, yeah. So, obviously a lot to play for. I feel, I mean, we all know deep down that the healthy Texans are a better team than the, uh, that I guess we don't even know what the healthy Colts really are because of Richardson, but we'll just say the healthy Colts with Minshew. Like, the, but the Texans are missing their number one receiver. So... Or you know, are you know probably their biggest playmaker at least? Uh, yeah, tell. I I don't know. I I just feel like the Colts have kind of taken on some weird like voodoo magic that the Eagles <laughs> had last year. Um, I don't know. I I just feel like the Colts win this game for some reason. It's in Indianapolis. They're going to be going crazy. Steichen's going to be you know have them well prepared, and I don't know. I feel like their their path to winning this is is putting up a decent amount of points, which in the NFL this year isn't that much, but could be, you know, 24, 27, you get to 30, you're probably winning that game as as much as the Texans offense could kind of do the same thing, um, which is why I predict to be a pretty close game. Um, uh, you know, you know, obviously Stroud could completely go nuclear with the season on the line. I, I could see that happening against a pretty weak Colts pass defense, but I do think the Colts run defense is a lot better with Grover Stewart um, up in the middle there. And I just, maybe they can make the Texans one dimensional. I think they're maybe a little bit better coached, but both teams are really well coached. 
I'm excited for this rivalry for years to come. I'm I'm the, the AFC South has really turned it around because, you know, the Jags, I guess the Jags are the team that's looking like it has a pretty bleak future along with the Titans. But both these teams feel like they have really, really bright futures ahead. Um, So I mean, Colts in this one, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting game. I like the whole, you know, voodoo magic. I mean, I think that the fact that Indianapolis won nine games this season is pretty remarkable. I mean, um, you know, it shows the type of coach Shane Steichen is. Um, you know, Michael Pittman said a huge year for them. JT's been back playing well. That said, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. I think at the end of the day, I just think this is the better football team. I think right now their defense is starting to come alive. Will Anderson has four sacks in his last three games. He's really starting to show up. Um, you've got, you know, Derek Stingley's playing at a Pro Bowl kind of level in that secondary this year. Um, you know, and I think you look at the offense, obviously no tank Dell hurts. That said, you still got a guy like Nico Collins there, Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown's put up big numbers at times this year, Robert Woods, you know, the trusty veteran and, I think that'll be good enough, and I think Stroud, at the end of the day, this is just the games he's got experience playing in, the big games when he played at Ohio State. Granted, uh, you know, it felt like he never won those big games. Obviously, he was 0-2 against Michigan and lost in the college football playoff. But, um, you know, he's still got that experience compared to Gardner Minshew, who, um, you know, he's played in some big games, but I don't know if any bigger than this. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Um, so... I'm a big Stroud guy too. I just believe in this guy. And, you know, I also think an underrated part of this team is the run game. Devin Singletary has really had a res- career resurgence in Houston this year, which has been super interesting considering you look at his counterpart, Damian Pierce, who came in as the starter and has just really struggled this year. feels like Singletary is always, you know, averaging four or five yards a carry a game. Um, so I think he's given some elevation to this offense, weirdly enough. Um, and I don't know. I just think this Houston team right now, you know, I, I just am going to go at the end with the better quarterback, and I think that's C.J. Stroud. So I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a good game, I think, for sure. All right, moving along, Jaguars at Titans. Uh, you know, Jacksonville in a weird spot now. Um, you know, this is a team that prior to last week lost four games in a row um, you know, roughly corresponds with when Christian Kirk went down with the injury. So obviously, um, you know, it seems like I think he is going to be a game time decision this week. I would expect Trevor Lawrence to play, although I believe, uh, you know, Doug Peterson said that he's still day to day. But you would imagine he goes uh, with so much on the line. Um, you know, that said, Trevor, prior to this, very banged up, turning over the ball a lot. I mean, we talked about it off air a lot, um, you know. I'm kind of a, I don't want to say hater, but I've definitely never been as high on Trevor Lawrence as some other people. And, um, you know, regardless of what you think, I just think this year has been concerning for him. Regardless, though, they're taking on the Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, definitely the worst team in this AFC South. Um, is Will Levis good to go? I, no, it's Ryan Tannehill. I can't imagine, okay. yeah. Interesting. So Ryan Tannehill, old reliable, going for the Titans. Very well, maybe Derrick Henry's last game in Tennessee as well. So your thoughts, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Um, you know, I guess if the Jags win, they win the division, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Something about the Jags winning the division this year just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. <laughs> so I just, I, and Ryan Tannehill, 
probably his or definitely his last game with the Titans. Probably Derrick Henry's, potentially DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think it's Mike Vrabel's. I don't think it should be Mike Vrabel's no. either. Um, but anytime a team does bad, there's going to be some type of rumors, it feels like, nowadays. But, um, I, yeah, I'm taking the Titans, man. Um, I don't know. It just, I, I don't know if Lawrence is going to be 100%. And their offense hasn't really been very inspiring. And I don't know. It just feels like the Titans would win this one to screw over their rivals. Um, Vrabel will probably have them playing tough for, for the last minute. Like, everyone always says this, but it's very true. Like, the players don't care about the draft pick that might come yeah. and replace them. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> they're not, like, going to be like, oh, but, like, this is better for the team that might cut me in the offseason. Like, no, like, are you kidding? Well, no. Um, so that's just not how it works. I hate when people are like, well, why would the Titans want to win this week? It's like, that's just not how that works. But um, so I, I do think they'll, you know, have something to play for in, in the sense of trying to take the rivals out of the playoffs potentially. Um, so I'm going to go with the Titans here. What about you? Yeah. Before I get into it, I, I have, like, I'm curious as to what you think. Like, I agree with what you're saying 100%, but, like, for instance, like the Jets-Patriots game, like, let's say a guy like a Brees Hall or a Garrett Wilson who knows that they're totally safe with the team. You look at the game, you look at, hey, if you beat the Patriots, your draft pick's getting worse, but also New England's getting closer to getting a Drake May or a Caleb Williams. Like, do you think, like, at all those guys are, like, Cause like, I feel like for a guy like that, you almost kind of in the back of your head, I know they're so competitive, but like, be like, you know, it might be nice to get a better offensive lineman so I can actually get the ball some more. Like, I don't know. It, like, I don't know. What do you think? I feel like, I, I don't know why when you brought up the jets, I just, I imagine that the jets wouldn't be the team to like, think about it that way. <laughs> for some reason. Um, maybe, I mean, it's hard for me because yeah, obviously never i'm not in an nfl locker room i'm not a, <laughs> i never played football so i don't even know what it's like to view the nfl as something i could potentially play in versus something yeah. i follow you know my guess would be maybe no i just think against the division rivals they probably just want to win yeah. i could see it though like I bet there's been I bet there's been some thought of that, but I think at the end of the day, guys are like, but my contract is more important if I get to this many yards. Like, yeah, I think that would be their first priority. If anything, would be like yardage and stat padding. To be honest, because that Im- yeah. impacts the money. I could see it, but I don't think I don't think it's like a common thing at all. I don't know. Though. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree. I just want to get your thought on that because yeah, no, that's that. a great I've seen question. it all over. Uh... Jets Twitter a little bit this week. And I honestly, you know, I mean, I kind of think there's definitely some benefit towards the Jets yeah. losing this week. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to pick Tennessee as well. I think, you know, in the media this week, Mike Vrabel, you know, one of the media members, you know, I, I forget asking him about, maybe it was about losing it, if it improves your traffic or something like that. And, um, you know, he kind of was just like losing, you know, effing sucks like that. I effing hate it. Like, I think Tennessee is going to come out ready to play. And like you said, like, there's guys on that team with stuff to play for, like Ryan Tannehill. Like, you know, he's been on the bench all year. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be a starter, but like, if this guy wants to keep playing, like, he needs to go out and show he can still, you know, win a big game. Derrick Henry, you know, he's going to be looking for a new contract this offseason. He hasn't had a great year. You know, can he have a vintage Derrick Henry performance? D Hop been pretty solid all year. Can he perform? Like, 
there's guys on this team that I think, you know, there's still talent in them. And I think they're going to have something to play for. And like you said, I think Jacksonville just banged up right now. Like Trevor Lawrence is not going to be a hundred percent, you know, even if he plays, he's dealing with, it feels like I think the man's body is just breaking down this season. I think he's just, you know, I feel bad for him. Honestly, it seems like every week it's like, all right, this week's the ribs, this week's the shoulder, this week's the, you know, the elbow, like he is like in the deal going through it, but you know, it's crazy that he's only missed one game this season with all the times he's left with an injury or had an injury reported. So props to him, man. I mean, he's, you know, that was his first game. I think he's ever missed too, which is nuts. So, um, cannot question that guy's competitiveness or, you know, just toughness at all. Um, but, you know, I think they're hurt. I don't know what's going to happen with Christian Kirk this week. It doesn't seem like he's going to be 100% either if he plays. So I just think Tennessee is going to come out, you know, play aggressive, play physical, kind of, you know, stick to their brand and, um, you know, try to grind one out. And, then you know, if they can kind of make it a sloppy, you know, grimy game, I think that favors them. So I'm going to go with Tennessee here. Yeah, I I like that pick. Obviously, I I joined you. <laughs> Jags are gonna. Now that means the Jags are gonna win. Uh, yeah. on, we got uh Vikings paying a visit to the Lions. These teams like just played. I think like we never even talked about that game. That's how close you know recent it was. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I I get the same sense with the Lions that they're gonna come out really pissed off. That I kind of got with the Titans. Um, the Vikings are eliminated, correct? I don't know if they're officially – they might be eliminated. I mean, I don't really know. They're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think. But, like, maybe there's a back door for them. I don't really know. Yeah. Um. But regardless, they're back to Nick Mullins, who I guess is – at least makes more good plays than Jaron Hall. But he fancies – they all like turnovers. All like turnovers. <laughs> um, yeah. He might like it the most. Um, I was talking about this – with with my friends, I was like, yeah, when Nick Mullins is getting sacked, I don't know who told him this, but he just throws the ball, like, no matter what. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't care if it's a fumble or an interception. He just does not want to take a sack. And it's like, it's cool when Josh Allen does that, but not Nick Mullins, like, whatever. Um, yeah, I just – I think the Lions kill them, to be honest. I, I, don't, I don't think the Vikings have enough juice at the quarterback position. They've kind of cycled through all the backups they can. They – they fought hard, but when you lose Kirk Cousins, who's playing like who was playing like really, really well, which I hope people don't forget, um, because I I don't know, I really enjoyed the Kirk Cousins run this season, the short time we yeah. got to see it. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm just going with the Lions here. Uh, at home, they're gonna be hyped up, getting ready for their first home playoff game, at least in this century. Um, because they've never won the NFC North, which is insane. Um, <laughs> the last time they won their division, it was the NFC Central. So, um, that's that's just an insane statistic that goes to show you how important this season is to the Lions, even if they're not necessarily true Super Bowl contenders. Um, but they did just compete with the Cowboys, who are definitely Super Bowl contenders. So. Yeah. Nothing stopping the Cowboys or the Lions from going on a deep playoff run. I'm personally rooting for them to beat the Cowboys or Niners because I know I know for sure my Eagles aren't doing it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Lions, staying high, going into the playoffs. Um, what about you? 
Yeah, I'm going to pick the Lions, too. I think they're going to be pretty fired up, especially after the whole, you know, events of last week, the, you know, whole ineligible reporter. Um, I mean, I'm sure anyone watching this has seen what's happened. So, obviously, uh, you know, very unfortunate break for them. Seems like the refs definitely fucked up. Um, So, you know, we don't have to get too involved in that. But I think they'll be ready to go. Um, I mean, they're still probably, you know, I mean, I know that they really screwed them out of the two seed, but I mean, they could maybe still get it. Maybe not. I don't really know. Honestly, I'm kind of, I'm not, there's so many different scenarios that have been floating around that I'm just like, who's getting the two seed? I got no idea. So um, regardless, I think they're pretty, I think they'll probably end up being the three seed, but um, you know, I think they'll be fired up to play. Like you said, you know, we just saw this matchup in Minnesota Lions won. you know, this offense so good. I mean, I know Jared Goff has, you know, turned the ball over a little bit more this year, but he's still great, um, in my opinion. And I'm on Ross St. Brown, one of the bigger Pro Bowl snubs out there has had a great year. And Jameer Gibbs as well has really elevated this offense this year. Um, I swear that guy, I know last game his yards per carry wasn't great, but I swear before that, like every game, this guy, he gets less carries than Montgomery, but like he's going for like eight, nine yards a carry, like every time. It's like pretty crazy. He's such a talent. Um, it's been really fun getting to watch him. You see why the Lions were so ecstatic to get him at that 12th pick. So, uh, you know, good for them. It's been a fun season for them. It'll be fun to watch them in the playoffs, and I think they cap off the regular season with a win. So, yep, going Lions as well. All right, moving along, Falcons at Saints. Uh, it's a big game. Uh, I think both these teams, the winner of this game – would win the NFC South if Tampa Bay loses, I believe. Um, so, potentially big implications. Tampa Bay does play Carolina, though, so it feels like they should get that division locked up. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, one of these teams could win. New Orleans, uh, you know, just beat the Bucks last week. Classic Saints fashion, putting up a, a strong defensive showing against, feels like the Saints just own Tampa Bay, like, weirdly, like, Every year, uh, except for that one like playoff game against Brady, um, Derek Carr did pretty decent in this game for Derek Carr standards. Um, Jamal Williams, I didn't even look at the stats. He outcarried Alvin Kamara by nine. Um, Alvin Kamara only—it's weird that Alvin Kamara went from like twelve receptions a game to like they don't throw it to him anymore. Like it's a—it was an interesting, interesting change. But uh, regardless, uh, both these teams need the win. Who do you got? Um. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, teams. I don't like either of these teams. They both upset me. Um, not because they're like particularly bad, just because I don't know what what their like appeal is. Like what, like who's on like the graphics for the Saints? Like honestly, like who's their like star player? Like Olave? Is it like Camara? Yeah. Well, I guess Camara got hurt. I didn't realize that. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, which would make sense why he got out carried in the game. Yeah. But um, now I look like an idiot. But, yeah, maybe Olave or Kamara. I mean, I guess you could throw Derek Carr on there. Like, he's well-known at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, But I don't know. Besides that, it's just it, – yeah, it just doesn't feel like they have anyone super exciting, I guess. Like, I, I do really like Olave, but I feel like even him for a younger player, like, I don't necessarily first, like, see him being, like, an elite wide receiver one. Like, I think he'll probably stay where he is. Like, I don't think he's necessarily going to break into that, like lamb, you know, Jefferson chase type tier necessarily. Um, I, I just, I guess, 
I guess I'll go with the Falcons here. Um, I'm kind of babbling on. I don't have much to say about this game. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Falcons. I just I either team could win this game. That's that's the honest truth. But I will go with the Falcons. I'll go with the Saints. Why not? Uh, some Taysom Hill magic. Um, I don't know. I think you know the Falcons are such a mess, man. Like this team is. It's like Arthur Smith needs to be fired. I yeah. mean, I'm sick of watching yeah. Arthur Smith run the shop. Like, I think he's a fine coach, but, like, dude is just misusing the hell out of all these players. I mean, Bijan should be getting – Bijan should have been fed this season. Kyle Pitts basically is, like, a bust for how he's produced in his career. Like, it's just mind-blowing. It's just frustrating. I feel like I've ran about it every week, so I'm not even going to get into it. I'm honestly just picking the Saints – out of like frustration of, of the Falcons. So I'll leave it at that. Honestly, both these teams stink. Um, you know, this division stinks. Tampa Bay is definitely the only team that could, I think actually win a game in the playoffs. Um, you know, but these teams stink. Derek Carr stinks. The Saints probably have a bit better of playmakers though. And I think that defense is probably better, but maybe Jesse Bates gets three interceptions. Who freaking knows? I'll go with the Saints, though. That's all I'm going to say about this one. Yeah, no, I certainly get your frustrations with the Falcons. Moving on to a game we kind of touched on earlier, Jets-Patriots. Um, I'll take the under in this one. Um, yeah. I saw it's like 31 and a half. That does feel a little bit high. Like, honestly, like this is. That's a sketchy number, though. 31 and a half is just like, ugh, like I would yeah. not want to touch that. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, maybe just bet on a defensive touchdown because that seems like so likely. Brees Hall over on receptions with Trevor Simeon feels like a guarantee. That also that feels like a good bet. Um, I guess we're turning into outside the hedging, or I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, something. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's a horrible name, but um, (laughs) I'll go with the Patriots here. It seems like they own the Jets for. for whatever reason, like I was thinking about it, have any of the Jets players beaten the Patriots like that are currently on the team, like Quinn and Williams? Well, haven't they lost like eighteen straight times? So that's what I'm saying. Like, let me see the series history. I, um, I, probably not. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible that. Um, let's see. Is this this is New England? They've won the first last time the Jets beat the Patriots. The last. Oh my god. Plus, the Jets have not won a regular season, a regulation time game against New England since 2011. <laughs> They've won two overtime games since then. They won one, the most recent being in 2015. So none of these players were on the team. None of them. I don't, I think. don't think so. That would be nine years ago. I don't think the Jets yeah. have any like 10-year vets at this point. No. Yeah. So... Um, that's insane. Um, Sauce Gardner was like in like middle school. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's absolutely insane. Um, maybe more reason to pick the Jets, I guess, because they're gonna care more. I don't know, but I I'm gonna go with the Patriots here. They own the Jets. What yeah, I'm going New England both because I want the Jets to lose, just because I like. I think it's a good point. Like. Why, like, if New England gets a Drake May, Caleb Williams, and they just become a star, like, it's just going to be 
frustrating and, you know, selfishly at this point, like I get it. Like, you know, you want to have pride and you want to win games, but like top of this draft class is really good. And I would really like one of those wide receivers or one of those offensive tackles. So I'd kind of like to improve the standing so we can get one of those guys. So at the end of the day, you know, if someone said it, I'm going to enjoy, you know, whoever it was, you know, let's say Romo Dunze, or I think it was Matthew Berry. He said, you know, I'm going to enjoy Marvin Harrison for the next 10 years more than I'm going to enjoy this one stupid win that I'll enjoy for the rest of the day, you know? And I think that's honestly, like, I know it's a bad maybe mindset to have as a fan, but at the same time, like, when your team's fully out of it and just, like, you know, bad and, like, the draft is the easiest way to address one of your key needs, like, I don't know, man. I believe that uh, wanting to lose is good. Maybe that's bad. Maybe that's just because I've grown up with, all terrible teams, um, but I will pick the Patriots. I do think they're just like, I don't know. Bailey Zappi, he had three picks last week, but they were still in the game against Buffalo. Like their defense has kind of started to play a little bit better. Zeke Elliott's kind of cooked a little bit. Um, I don't know, man. Like you said, the, the pass just on the Jets. So I'm going to move on. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. I think this next game is another one that we're probably both going to be able to be in agreement on. Bucks Panthers. I mean, this, this Carolina Panthers trade, last year for the number one overall pick might go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. And I like, you know, maybe I'm not as high on Bryce Young as, as other people. I know you like him a lot. Um, I mean, I can't blame the guy. I think it's like Trevor's first year where it's like, okay, we need to like see him a little more. Like you kind of have to like throw this one out. Like you can't really use it against him. Like the situation was so bad. The coach got fired mid year. He's got no weapon. So like, I want to see Bryce Young on like a real team, like not like a, you know, CFL type team. Um, But I mean, at the same time, you traded up for the number one pick, but you now basically traded the number one pick. They traded DJ Moore, they're trading the number nine pick. Like, (laughs) oh my God. But um, that's what you got to do when you think the guy's the guy, go get the guy. And they got the guy, but maybe the guy's not the guy. And the other guy was the guy. And now there's a new guy. And is he the guy? We'll see who's the guy. Um, I'm going to pick the Bucks, though, I think. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been great this year. Had a rough week last week. Uh, Mike Evans is a star. Rashad White's been great. Um, I just think they're the better team. Carolina sucks at the end of the day. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Bucks too. I don't need. I don't have much analysis on the game. Uh, like the Bucks could play pretty badly and still win this game. That's just the honest truth. Um, yeah. So I'm going with the Bucks. Um, I yeah, just don't think the Panthers were ready for a quarterback. Like, um, yeah. especially when you're giving up your first round pick the next year in a trade up and getting rid of your best playmaker, you have to have some other playmakers or you know more than an Adam Thielen who had a good first half of the year, but then he even kind of fell off and it was just like, Oh my God, they have no one like, you know, Mingo, I guess part of it's just been the actual moves themselves. Haven't been very good. Like Mingo has been worse than what you'd expect from a early second round receiver. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I do think you kind of have to throw it out the tape from Bryce Young's rookie year, but I also think it's hard for that not to affect, you know, a quarterback. Like, it's hard yeah. to just completely lose a year um, and get to your full potential. Like, I think we're almost seeing that with Lawrence in a way. Um, so, 
yeah, I'm, so it sucks for Bryce Young. I, I mean, they better have a good offseason. They have a lot of money, I think. So they better get a T. Higgins or a, a Mike Evans or a Nico Collins or someone like that. Um, that could be available. Um, I although I I'd almost guarantee Nico Collins resigns with the Texans, but yeah, um, yeah, um, that's all I have to say. But big offseason coming up for the Panthers without their number one, which is yeah. really tough. Um, uh, moving on to another real quick, game. Wait, real quick. Yeah, I ahead, just want to. I, I was very curious on these Bryce Young stats. 59% completion percentage, 2,700 yards, 11 touchdowns, 10 picks, 73.7 rating. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't think it was brutal. that bad. I'm going to be honest. That's brutal. That's crazy. I'm curious now. Go ahead with the next game. Now I want to look up Trevor's rookie year because I feel like yeah. that was really bad, too. Yeah, no, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah, moving on, we got uh Bengals Browns. Um, not meaningful for either team. Um, I'm gonna go with the Browns backups. Although the Bengals, I guess, might be playing their starters. So actually, I I will go with the Bengals. Um, but this game doesn't really matter. I don't have much to say. Although since we last talked, the perception on the Browns has certainly changed a lot. So I take that back. I do have one thing to say about the Browns is that they're winning the damn Super Bowl. Um, I don't, I don't actually think so, but they could <laughs> make some noise. Like the way Joe Flacco is playing doesn't feel sustainable in the sense that it would work for him to throw all these crazy passes. But I do think it's sustainable that he's actually giving this offense some spark that they haven't had. Yep. Um, and who knows, like, what if, you know, guys just don't, he, you know, he has a few really good games or guys drop some interceptions and this defense is obviously incredible. Like we know about, like, I I'm really excited to see this Browns team in the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm rooting for him for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm going with the Bengals in this kind of meaningless game, but what were Trevor's stats? Uh, it was, I, it, I think he had it was like thirty five or thirty six hundred yards, twelve picks, twelve touchdowns, and seventeen picks. So pretty bad as well. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I'm gonna pick the Browns in this game. Um, I'm not even gonna talk about the game. I just want to talk about the Browns. I think like this team is like I, I mean this is obviously who I'm rooting for. I mean they've kind of I'm, my NFL fandom. If you've been a fan of this podcast or just know me uh it's a little kind of i'm not i'm not as you know it's not like the mets for me where it's like this is my life you know i the jets and browns i both have love for i probably become more a jets fan but still man cleveland like i love watching this team they've been better in my lifetime somehow than the jets um and this year has just been so fun and you know you look at the preseason with this team like you look on paper and it's like this team should be one of the best in the nfl and finally, you know, I feel like we could have been saying that for the last few seasons. And finally, this year, it's kind of just happened. I think you got to give credit to Jim Schwartz. I mean, that man has just revolutionized this defense, has put all the puzzle pieces together. They got three of the better cornerbacks in the NFL and Denzel Ward, uh, Greg Newsom, and Martin Emerson. Obviously, Miles Garrett, Amari Cooper's been a stud. You know, the O line, you got that, the, the guards are elite. Obviously, the tackles, they're on their like fifth and sixth strings now, but. You know, there's there those guys are still you know battling it out. Um, you know, for me, I think this team can beat anyone in the NFL. And you look no further. PJ Walker started for them. They beat the 49ers. 
you know, Deshaun Watson had a terrible first half, very good second half, uh, but they beat the Ravens. That was, I think, the Ravens' last loss potentially, too, was against Cleveland. Um, they've beaten the two best teams as, you know, when those two teams played, I guess that was, was that last week or the week before? I guess it was the week before. Yeah, it was the week before. Um, you know, people were considering that a Super Bowl preview, and Cleveland's beaten both those teams. Um, you know, and who who knows John Harbaugh's system better than anyone, maybe besides Lamar Jackson in the league, would be Joe Flacco, who's the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. So um, I think they can get it done. Um, you know, the turnovers are a little concerning for Flacco, but at the same time, I think that kind of recklessness has been good for this offense because they've been pushing the pace and uh, Kevin Stefanski has been able to do a lot of fun things. I think this team is just kind of captivated. A lot of people, people are rallying for them and it's awesome to watch. I mean, they're going to, they're going to play the winner, I guess, of the AFC South. Um, yeah, they are, um, which I think they should win that game no matter what. And then from there, obviously, who knows, but um you know gonna be really fun to watch this team in the playoffs i hope they make a run um would be really fun but been a fun team to watch i'll pick them week 18 even you know they're starting their fifth quarterback this year which is absolutely insane but that's the story of the cleveland browns and kevin stefanski rightfully so i think is the heavy favorite for coach of the year what a job he's done with all the injuries that that team has suffered so picking the browns um yeah sorry for the little rant there but um yeah, man, it's 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 been an exciting watch for sure these last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, we got Bears at Packers. I think the Bears another need... great storyline. Yeah, that's yeah. I, what are the Bears gonna do? Let's let's yeah. talk about that real quickly. Like, what would you do? What do you think they'll do? Yeah, it's a crazy situation. <laughs> crazy situation, honestly. Um, it seems like the fan base has weirdly rallied for fields, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, this team has played a lot better recently. Matt Eberflus somehow has saved his job. Like he's really shown why he got hired as a head coach. And, you know, he's a defensive genius. And we've seen that these last few weeks offensively, you know, DJ Moore's put up a career year with Justin Fields at the quarterback position. Cole Komet's been great. Um, you know, there's still issues on that O-line. You could use another receiver like a Marvin Harrison. Um, I've gone back and forth on this. I really have. I, I'm a big Justin Fields guy. I really am. And I think that if you stick with him, you can build a loaded, loaded offense. I mean, if, I think they should probably try to figure out a way to trade back a slot or two so they could still get Marvin Harrison because I do think you want to end up with him if you're not picking Caleb Williams. But – you know, it, it's such a tough thing. I think weird. I don't know. I'm like all in my head. I'm all over the place with this because I feel like Caleb Williams, you know, going into here, it's like, oh, my God, this guy's, you know, the best prospect we've seen since Lawrence superstar. And it feels like kind of there's been some skepticism. I don't know if it's because of USC's bad year or some of these rumors of him wanting minority ownership in the team or what the deal is with Caleb Williams. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I'm all over the place with this one. I think you'd get a King's ransom if you trade the pick, which you have to take into consideration. Um, they'll obviously have their own pick, which will still be a decent selection. I would say keep fields and try to draft Marvin Harrison and hopefully figure out a way to, you know, land a, another tackle or something like that. Um, but I don't know, man, it's such a tough decision because 
the thought of getting a Caleb Williams who might be ending might end up being better than Justin Fields and you know you reset the rookie quarterback contract I think is big but you know these next few years you're not going to have to pay field that much so I think that's going to over exaggerate a little bit I don't know I'm all over the place on it clearly what do you think yeah I think I think you got to take Caleb Williams man I I do think fields can succeed um in the league but I just think you know first of all I do think if you if you aren't taking if you aren't taking Caleb Williams, you're right. You do need Marvin Harrison. So are you necessarily gonna get the same, you know, haul you got back for the pick last year? Probably not. Even if it's a more valuable first pick, you're probably only trading back to three. So, you know, maybe you're getting a first next year and then another day two pick this year, something like that. But it's not going to quite be the DJ Moore and a first next year, which ends up being the first overall pick and then another pick. You know, I don't think it'll be quite like that just because of the amount of spots they are going to want to move back. But, you know, besides that, I think Fields is someone whose floor is still, you know, not super high because, you know, his his he's still got a lot to, of work to do as a passer. And his ceiling is high, but if he reaches that ceiling, you're pretty much immediately going to have to pay him. I mean, it's only two years. So I'd rather get a guy like Caleb Williams who could be great by his second year. And then you've really got three to four years to work with under that cheap rookie contract. Whereas with Fields, you have this offseason and one more where he's, you know, only slightly cheaper than on that mega contract because the fifth year option is like 32 million nowadays, which... I feel like kind of does take the point away for it from it in some cases because then teams are can be just incentivized to decline it and get them on a long term deal. But besides that, like I just think, yeah, I just think, and I just I do think Caleb Williams is is better as a prospect than Fields by a wide enough margin to where you just kind of got to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, that. That's I I I really wouldn't disagree with you though because I can I can I've been going back and forth on it a lot too. Um, yeah. As for Super the actual, as for the actual game, um, I think the Packers win this. We talk about the Patriots kind of owning the Jets. It seems to be the same case for the Packers and the Bears. Um, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers. If you taught Jordan Love one thing, it's to hate the Bears. Um, and yeah, when I guess these teams were both completely different teams when we saw them play week one. Um, so yeah. it's hard to even like think of that. Um, but they've kind of gotten Aaron Jones going the Packers, which both of us kind of joked about how we didn't see him playing, and they ended up having a big week. I think the last time we talked. Um, yeah. So he's kind of gotten you know some of his rhythm back. Um, that's been helpful. I think Christian Watson's out, which doesn't help. Um. Yeah, I go with the Packers here. They're winning in, I believe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think they win this game. What about you? Packers are running out all these, like, random receivers that are, like, studs. Like, last week, Bo Melton, Bo Melton five yards. Yeah. Jaden Reed. Um, obviously, Romeo Dobbs has been there a while. Um, I mean, really good scouting by them. Those guys have, you know, especially Jaden Reed has been a stud. Look, man, Justin Fields, this whole team has rallied around this guy. You hear DJ Moore, you hear all the guys saying, you know, this is the quarterback. Justin, this is his one last chance. He knows it. You know, if he's not thinking that, hey, you know, my team's got the chance to draft a guy like Caleb Williams, I got to show something. 
what better way to go knock than to knock out your rival Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs in Green Bay on Sunday? Maybe it's Fox kickoff. It's CBS regardless. Um, yeah, man, I think this is going to be a Justin Fields legacy performance. I just got a feeling that this kid's going to do it. Um, I'm a huge Justin Fields guy. It's starting to eke out. But um, I think if he goes out, plays a big game, this team finishes eight and nine. Um, how can you trade him, man? I know it's Caleb Williams, but it's like, I don't know, man. If you got the locker room rallying behind him, I don't know, man. I think he's a he's a I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm leaning too much into the discussion. I'm picking the Bears. Why not? I think this is going to be a fun game. Now, if Fields goes out and throws three interceptions, I think we're going to see the entire narrative flip, and everyone's going to want Caleb Williams. So it's going to be very fun to see. I think Bears fans are kind of – they're very wishy-washy. It's kind of like – reminds me of, uh, you know, Mets fans a little bit or a Knicks fan, just like a little delusional at times. Um, I love it, um, but I think it'll be very fun. I, I almost – don't want it, but I'd love to see just like if Justin goes out and throws like three picks, like how how quick it's gonna be. All right, Caleb yeah, Williams. Welcome to Chicago, man. Like I, I think that would be really funny. I've been rambling along about the Bears for too long. So we're gonna move on to the Cowboys and Commanders. And oh man, I mean Dallas has almost been gifted the NFC East at this point. Um, you know, if they win, they win that division. Obviously, we're gonna talk about the Eagles um in a game or two. Um you know, very concerning from them. But Dallas barely, you know, with the help of the refs, uh, beat the Lions. They now have to beat the Commanders for a win. I mean, you look at this Dallas team, I think there's definitely some concerns going into the playoffs. That said, if this team can secure the two seed, they play a lot of home games. This team definitely a lot better at home. Um, you know, I don't know if they've actually lost at home this year. They haven't, which is wild. They went undefeated at home this season. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Yep, eight and zero at home this season. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, and if they win this division, I think that greatly boosts their playoff odds. Um, damn, that means they're like trash on the road. That means they're th- three and five on the road. <laughs> Holy cow, that's insane. So maybe the Commanders win this one. I don't know. I'm picking the Cowboys. I think the pa- Commanders suck. I mean, Sam Howell at this point is getting thrown around like. You know, he gets benched and then Jacoby gets hurt. So then he's starting again. And now he's going to start it out again. I mean, it's this guy has just got to be like, you know, at one point he was like leading the league in passing yards and it looked like he was going to be the guy. And now it's like, get this guy out of town. First off, Ron Rivera, I think, will be fired like within one second of the game. Like as soon as that whistle blows, like he's going to his office is just going to magically just have been cleared out. Um yeah, I'm picking the Cowboys. You know, they've had a strong season. I think Dak's had a good year, but yeah, I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick Dallas for sure. So I would what assume do, you'll do the same. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same. Yeah, what would we give away if Ron Rivera doesn't get fired? Like, what what would we do? Like, give everyone who watches the video like a sweatshirt or something? Yeah, yeah, I'll give my every dollar in my bank account. I'll give away everything in this room. Like. He's gone. He's gone. He gone. is the definition of gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Their road struggles don't um, scare me in this game, but they certainly do in the playoffs. Um, I heard Josh Harris, the new owner, apparently is like like telling them to lose, basically. <laughs> um, really? 
That's what I I did hear that from my dad who said he read it in an article. So but I don't it know. would be good for them to lose, man. I know the players wouldn't want to, but like, like I mean, Sam Howell is definitely not going to be like, yeah, man, I want to lose this game so Drake yeah. May can just take my spot. Um, but like, Terry McLaurin, like, bro's probably on his like he's probably practicing his drops right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like I the like i've never thought of it this way in my entire life but now that you bring it up like every week 18 for the rest of my life i'm gonna be <laughs> this question um yeah. yeah i mean it's i don't know why terry would yeah i don't i wonder i don't know i guess contract especially terry bro terry's dealt with so much shit over the years so much shit yeah like the thought of him getting like drake may or caleb williams like bro is gonna be uh, maybe he'll put up 200 yards though. I mean, who, yeah. who freaking knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm going with the Cowboys. I don't really have much to say that they, they're not great on the road, which scares me for the playoffs, but I don't see any world to commit. Like they're, they're not even, they're not even like playing for Ron Rivera because they know he's no. gone no matter what they do. Yeah. Um, moving on to Broncos Raiders. Since we last talked, the big news with the Broncos is yeah, that's true. I forgot. Russell, Russell Wilson hit the bench. Um, his time in Denver is over. Um, he is a Pittsburgh Steeler. I regret to inform everyone. <laughs> um, Mike Tomlin's going to see his touchdown to interception ratio, and they're going to bring him in. They're going to make it work. Um, I don't know why I'm so set on that. It could also be the Patriots. Oh, it's so the Patriots. But if Belichick leaves, like it might just be a new era. Though. That's that's true. If Belichick stays, then I I would actually like really really favor the Patriots there. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about Russell Wilson's free agent. Um, yeah, but he got benched. They said like if you don't pay like take off your injury guarantees or some of the guaranteed money or whatever it was, you're getting benched. And then they kind of he kind of called their bluff, and then they were like, okay, now we're gonna bench you because we're basically yeah. eliminated. Kind of a shady move by the Broncos. Like, get it. Like, they're in a pretty desperate spot with this contract, but also, like, mm, you don't want to do that. Like, especially now to a, a really well-respected, you know, probably Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, Just not the way you want to go about business. Um, That's all I have to say about that. About the game, probably another snooze-fest-type game. The Raiders' defense has played really well. Stidham... I think sucks. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Raiders here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Raiders too. I mean, you know, Antonio Pierce has done a hell of a job there, and you know, I think deserves the job. And absolutely, you know, he, he gives off like Mike Vrabel vibes and Dan Campbell vibes. You know, just like a former player who's you know very hard nosed, wants to win, very competitive. And you know, those coaches look at Vrabes and uh, and Dan Campbell. I mean, those guys are both excellent coaches in the NFL right now. Um, I think it's great that he's gotten this interim year to kind of get his feet wet too, because you look at Dan Campbell initially, like that guy was a deer in headlights. I and mean, we talked about, you know, just how, how much he struggled and the clock management was a disaster. And for Antonio Pierce to kind of get a little feel for that in a lost year, I think is great because next year, assuming he gets the job, he'll be good to go. Um, I'm going to pick the Raiders in this game. Like you said, their defense has been really impressive um, since he's taken over. feels like they're just playing for something. Max Crosby, obviously, one of the premier players in the league will be interesting to see what they do in the off season to address the quarterback position. Both of these teams, like where do the Broncos go from here? 
Um, you know, Russ, you know, he wasn't even that bad this year, especially considering the way that, you know, all these quarterbacks got hurt. Like he was probably in the upper echelon of, of performances this year, weirdly enough. Um, and they made their own run, but, you know, Sean Payton, obviously, you know, it really seemed like after last year that, you know, it was going to be the end of the road and looking back on the trade and the players, the Seahawks got like, obviously Seattle won the trade, but, um, you know, I think it wasn't as bad as, you know, people make it out to be potentially, I don't know. It is pretty bad, especially considering all the dead money they're going to eat. Um, definitely unfortunate. I do feel for Russell Wilson. I feel like the last few years, the guy's gotten kind of, you know, bombarded. I don't know. I don't, ban, uh, banished, like um, bashed in the media. Yeah. Uh, it's just been ugly for him. And, you know, he's, he's a good guy. I think at the end of the day, I mean, there have been some kind of negative stories about him. So maybe I'm wrong, but regardless, um, I'm picking the Raiders. I don't think we need to talk about this game much more. Next game, however, Eagles-Giants. We do need to touch on the Philadelphia Eagles, Dev, because maybe they just missed outside the arena. That's why they started playing worse. They were upset we weren't posting. But this team, uh, starting with that 49ers game, has lost four of five, especially the worst one coming this past weekend, losing to the then 3-12 Cardinals, 35-31 uh, feels like this team just kind of broken right now offensively. Doesn't feel like anything's going right defensively. Like we've said all year, it's been a mess. I'm going to let you kind of just, I think we'll both probably pick the Eagles in this game. Um, right. Against the giants. No, they don't even earn my pick. Oh, okay. Well, I'll pick the Eagles. Um, but I will let you take the floor here and kind of talk about whatever you'd like with the Eagles and your thoughts on them. Um, yeah, I mean, what's frustrating is the, the offense did play well last week. Um, no turnovers from Hertz until the Hail Mary on the last play, which obviously doesn't, you know, affect how he actually looked. Um, I mean, just, just horrible. I mean, I thought it couldn't get worse than Sean Desai and then Matt Patricia came in and he's playing you know, Nolan Smith, who was an edge rusher, he's playing him at middle linebacker. Um, he's dropping Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham into coverage. And, you know, I, I, I and James Bradbury couldn't stop, I don't know, anything, something really <laughs> bad. Um, Avante Maddox got cooked. The safeties are the only ones that even care, seem to care about football. Uh, along with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, but they're not great. The corners are obviously horrible. Um, Darius Slay, what are we doing? Get your get your cleanup knee surgery over the offseason. Um, this isn't a new thing. I think he just kind of got upset and was like, I'm sore. Like, you know, I, I cut, you gotta, you gotta cut Slay, you gotta cut Bradbury, you gotta cut Byard, you gotta. Wow finally invest at this linebacker position um you you might you might have to cut one of my favorite eagles josh sweat um he's i mean he i mean he is complete i i and the the problem to me is a lot of it is coaching um you know you see a Derek barnett who couldn't get on the field with the eagles because he was so bad and now he's on the texans and he's leading the league in pressures over the last three weeks it's like there's, you know, I don't know what what it is, but both of these defensive coordinators just really aren't getting the best out of. The, 
out of their guys. And offensively, it's a good offense because it's so talented, but it's really not well run either. And I think at a bare minimum, you start by first day of the offseason, probably, you know, as similar similarly after the game ends to when Ron Rivera will get fired. Um, obviously the Eagles will play one more week, maybe two if they beat the Bucks in a meaningless game just to get clobbered by the Niners. Um, you know, I just you you've got to fire both defensive and offensive coordinators. You know, Brian Johnson has doesn't know what the middle of the field is. Um <laughs> and I gotta be honest, I think if I'm Howie Roseman, I'm firing Nick Sirianni. Um Whoa. Yeah, oh, I mean, how they turn so quick. I I know I just sound like the typical Philly fan who just turns, and I love Sirianni, I really do. But if you look at it, I mean, these are the coordinators he hired. These are personnel moves that he did not make, and everyone knows this team is still really talented. He's not the offensive play caller. He's not, you know, this culture guy who's you know making his players play super hard they like him but almost every you know that's kind of the bare minimum is being liked by your players and I get it if you want to give them one more year and you know go get new coordinators and you know give him at least another year and then and you know just understand you know you started 10 and 1 and whatever and I'm not going to be mad if they don't fire Sirianni but you know I see a a Ben Johnson who's going to get hired as a head coach. I see him like McDonald. I want one of those two. That's 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 my honest opinion. Um, you know, Hertz's contract is set up in a way so that the next three years he's not play, paid like an elite quarterback. You know, you're going to be cutting a lot of guys. You're going to probably have the most cap space in the league if you cut Byard, Slay, and Bradbury, which I would honestly expect this team to do. Yeah, I I think I think you gotta you gotta take advantage of this window, and I'm I love Nick Sirianni. He's always gonna have a special place in my heart, but I think you gotta consider it at the very least. Um, which is just brutal. But yeah, I went on a really rant there. I'm I'm sorry about that. Um. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I, I genuinely I'm not picking the Eagles because I just I don't I don't want to say that this is the, the get right game. I mean, I've been saying that since the Seahawks game and none of these games have shown me anything that this team is going to figure it out. Um, honestly, I, it upsets me. I keep on avoiding like all these TikTok power rankings I see and stuff. And whenever they get to the Eagles, I just skip the video because. You know, I know in my heart that they're ranking them too high, even they're, though they're ranked at, like, 11. Like, I I get it. Like, we're still probably the most talented roster in the league, at least on offense. But this is not a good team. Like, that's just, that's all I got to say. That's that's how this rant ends. This is not a good team right now. Yeah, I love the rant. Um, I think you bring up a lot of good points. I think the Sirianni thing is really funny. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think he's pissed off a lot of people that are not Eagles fans just with yep. his actions and, you know, all the stuff you see after the game and just going at people, whatnot. Um, you know, it, it just feels like this team, like you said, like the defense, they've got kind of, you know, they they went for like 
the big name approach, I think, on defense with some of these guys like Kevin Byard, you know, Shaq Leonard, you know, a former all pro caliber player. Like they re-signed Julio Jones. Like I think, you know, Howie Roseman has kind of been caught up a little bit in just signing the big name or like someone that's well known. And sometimes you want those lesser known players because they're the ones like look at, you know, on the for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, Darren Bland this year has had an incredible season. You know, that's not a guy that anyone knew about going into the year. You know, anyone on planet Earth would be like, oh, you know, James Bradbury is a better corner than that guy. You know, I just don't think the Eagles have done a great job at finding those kind of hidden gems. Maybe you look at a DeAndre Swift as one of those examples. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts, I guess, you know, was kind of passed up and eventually became the franchise quarterback. But I guess really just this year in what I think um, they've kind of just tried the moves they've made have been for these kind of aging veterans. I know Julio had two touchdowns last week, but like you get the point. Like these are moves that are not like, you know, helping the team really um, when there's other guys out there to be had. Um, you know, I think offensively, like you said, like this team's been very good offensively for most of the year. They have hit a little bit of a stagnation, I think, despite, you know, they should put up 31 points against a team like the Cardinals. Um, they got to get AJ Brown the ball more. Like he went on that streak of six games with like 120 plus receiving yards. And we haven't heard from him basically since he's had, I think one 100 plus yard game since then he's got to get the ball more. I know Devonta Smith's been banked up. Goddard started to play well. Deandre Swift's playing, playing a little better. Like the pieces are there offensively. you got the best O-line arguably in the NFL. Um, I'm not worried about the offense, but like you said, the defense, it's a huge concern, especially come time when you're going to end up matching up with the 49ers or with Dallas again, and it would be in Dallas, which I obviously is, you know, not where you want to play. Even the Lions, you know, they're not the best defensive team. But, you know, we haven't we the Lions and Eagles didn't play this year, right? No. Yeah. So we haven't seen that matchup. Um, I would imagine, you know, this Detroit offense would would fare pretty well with uh, this Eagles defense. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't want to write off the Eagles yet. Like I feel like a lot of people have because I think the talent is still there. I mean, this team is still so talented. They were just in the Super Bowl last year. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people thought they got better. Obviously, doesn't seem like that's the case. But also some of that was just kind of natural regression. In the NFL, it's very hard to win every single, you know, lose only one game in a season back to back years. Like that's just not really realistic. Um, but you know, they got to take care of business. I forget if you even mentioned, are you picking the Eagles or are you picking the Giants this week? I'm picking the Giants. Picking the Giants. Okay. Um, so there you go. Dev's picking the Giants. Um, I see a very hard time seeing Tyrod Taylor beat the Giants, beat the Eagles, but who knows, man, weirder things have happened. Um, this podcast is starting to run on, so we will <laughs> move on to the next few games. Some of these games pretty kind of whatever Seahawks Cardinals. Um, I'm going to pick the Seahawks. You know, I think the Cardinals are a solid team, but I don't see them going back to back wins. Yeah, no, I have, I have nothing to say. I'm picking the Seahawks too. Rams 49ers. Um, you know, I think San Fran's resting a lot of people, but so is LA, I believe. So this is just a kooky game. I'm going to pick the Niners. They're at home. Um, they probably still have the better talent on the field with both of these teams kind of resting some guys. So I'll go the Niners here. My man, Carson Wentz, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm faking the Rams. I, I'm I'm excited to watch Carson Wentz play. Um, It's always, you know, it, it went from really sad and hard to watch when he's on my team to really fun um, to, you know, ride the roller coaster without any stake in the fight. Um, You know, I just, 
I don't know. I, there could be a 300-yard, three-touchdown master class. It could be a four-pick disaster class. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just – I'm excited to watch the man. Um, Ginger Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just – I'm excited for it. Um, moving on, Chiefs Chargers. Um, I will say this. The one team I'm, like, less confident in than the Eagles that's a playoff team is the Chiefs. Like, yeah. I mean – Kelsey looks really, really, really struggling. I guess he's just getting doubled on every single play because they they have no confidence that anyone else can get open. Um Rashid Rice, the ball just in general. Yeah, that's also been an issue. <laughs> uh it's 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 both getting open and catching the ball, the rare times that they do get open. Um <laughs> Rashid Rice is good, but yeah, other than that, it's just like it's that and like Mahomes scrambling basically. Um, I do feel bad for Mahomes, as weird as that is to say. Um, I, you know, I'd expect the Chiefs, I think I've said this, I expect the Chiefs to pour all their resources this offseason into the into the receiver group. Um yeah. and potentially a replacement for Kelsey, be it, you know, this year or just in the long term. Cause and the, they'll have to resign Chris Jones, I guess, which I would assume they have they gotta resign him. I mean, if you lose Chris Jones, I know it's a lot of money, but yeah, I I'd imagine they bring him back, but seeing what they did with Tyreek, they might make the decision that they need to kind of narrow out the spending even more. Um, outside of Mahomes, obviously, they might just want to say we're not going to pay anyone top tier money at their position. Um, which I guess could be a fair argument, but I I would I would definitely be bringing Chris Jones back, is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here. Um, Chargers have nothing to play for and they suck. So <laughs> double bad. Um, Chiefs have nothing to play for, but they also kind of suck. But I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here. Uh yeah, it's, a tough, it's a tough one. I'll go with the Chiefs. I mean, who's their their backups playing Gabbert, right? Oh, right. They're not even playing Mahomes. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, Doesn't I'll still go with the Chiefs. But uh, yeah, I think yeah, they both these teams suck. Who cares? Yeah. We're going Chiefs. But the last game of the slate, the last game of the regular season, Bills at Dolphins for the AFC East. Uh, Dolphins are in no matter what. The Bills, however, could lose and miss the playoffs, which is pretty wild. Um, the, the difference between a win and a loss in Week 18 being the two seed or a miss the playoffs is wild. But that's how the AFC has been all year. I love it. Um, I forget the exact scenario, but I think it's like pretty like possible too. It's not like it's like... I think it's just the Jags and the Steelers win. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Um, Regardless, Buffalo going to Miami. uh, You know, Bradley Chubb towards ACL last week. Very unfortunate news. Obviously, that Miami defense has taken some hits um, throughout the season. Um, Buffalo, I think, is at relatively good health right now. Um, They've been playing better than Miami has, although they did beat the Cowboys a few weeks ago. Um, but last week they got absolutely obliterated by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Dev, your thoughts? Who's winning the AFC East? Um, I'm gonna ride with the Bills here. Um, I I do hope that this is the scenario that happens where they're winning in to the two seed and losing out of the playoffs just because of the immense stakes that would bring. Um, I don't know. I think. The Bills have really kind of changed their identity. They said, we don't like you, Stefan Diggs. We're, we're running the damn football and throwing to our damn tight ends. And 
it's kind of working in a weird way. Josh Allen's still turning the ball over. I was kind of discouraged by their offensive performance last week um, against the Patriots. Uh, too many turnovers, not enough, you know, big plays, whatever, the whole the whole nine. But besides that, that's been more the exception, not, you know, the consistent outcome for this offense. I just I think the Dolphins defense is going to be too banged up to keep up with them. And I think McDermott's going to have, um, you know, a pretty good game plan. Obviously, the Dolphins offense has slowed down, uh, you know, partially correlating with that Tyreek injury. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bills here. I'm going to go with the Bills as well. Um, the Dolphins, you know, I'm changing my pick. I'm going with Miami. Um, wow. I think Mike McDaniel is an offensive genius. I think this is where you pour everything you got. And Tyreek Hill is a special player. I know he's been banged up, but I think they find him ways to get the ball. Um, this Buffalo defense is not nearly as good as the Baltimore defense. We saw Baltimore obviously give – Miami, a lot of trouble. I know Tua is pretty heavily criticized for not being able to win the big game. Um, you know, I think if they lose this one, I mean, it's just going to get even worse. But, um, you know, he's playing for a contract at the end of the day. I mean, if he wins the AFC East, you would imagine that, you know, I think you have to extend him either way. But in terms of just the the money, I mean, he's playing for a lot of money at stake right now. Um, you know, if he goes loses this week and loses first round of the playoffs, I mean, it's just like, what do you do? I mean, you got to kind of pay him, but you're you know, probably at a at disparity between what he's going to want and what the team's willing to give him um, based on his track record. So I think two is going to come out ready to go. Um, he's got something to prove. Um, is Jalen Waddle going to play? I'm not 100% sure. No, he's no. out. Okay, well, that's a big loss, obviously. Um, is Mostert going to play? He was out last week, right? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to look up the injury. I mean, report. regardless, I'm, I'm going to roll with the Dolphins. I just got to... I don't know. I just feel like this is one of those games where at home Miami just gets it done. The Bills have been really good. It's probably a bad pick. Um, I don't know. One of those feelings. Um, the one thing I will say to end my talk about this game is what the hell is going on with Stephon Diggs? I mean, he's I was gonna say, yeah, gotta be he's gotta be loading that trade with Cress, typing it out, getting it perfect, getting it spell checked. I mean Dude, what in the world? I mean, he's they're just not even getting him the ball anymore. And it, I mean, it's perplexing. Um, and it's like if they have to trade him, then like this offense is like Josh Allen and James Cook. Like it's not that good at all. So I don't know what's going on. Just seeing the tweets from Trayvon, obviously Stefan's brother, and just knowing kind of digs his history. It feels like we could be getting a little trade request in the pipeline. Um, who knows? But yeah, I'm gonna pick Miami. Why not? Yeah. Um that we're yeah, we're not doing any NBA, right? No, I think okay. I mean, this is we're already at like an hour forty, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> we won't we won't put you through any more pain and suffering, uh, viewers <laughs> at home. Um yeah, this was an awesome week. Good to catch up. Um, yeah. you know, on some big news, another big week. By the next time we'll talk, we'll have a new cfp champion um we'll have uh, you know the playoff uh you know seating and whatnot fully set so we'll be you know get into that stuff we'll talk some more mlb talk some nba um make sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already um and we'll see you next time